Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan the Podcast, the podcast providing career advice and easy actionable steps for frustrated professionals helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. If you are someone that is considered an introvert, you may believe that you are at a disadvantage when it comes to excelling in the workplace, getting those promotions that you deserve. I truly believe that if you know how to position yourself, regardless of what type of personality you have, you will excel in whatever you set your mind to. So if you lean more towards the introvert spectrum, then this episode is for you. As I have brought on a coach that focuses on helping introverts get seen, heard, and respected in order to excel in their career. Her name is Jacqueline Scholes, and she is the excitable introvert who guides introverted women of color to get seen, heard, and respected by embracing their awesome. Despite a challenging yet accomplished upbringing, she's become an international speaker, global best-selling author, and advisor, and mentor to Fortune 500 executives, all while honoring her introversion. Now let's get into my discussion with Jacqueline on how to excel in your career as an introvert. Hey Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so your, your initials are JK? Is, is that what you go by? Yes. Um, I go by Jacqueline. People usually misspell Jacqueline. <laughs> so for a lot of my online profiles and online things, I'll just use JK for the sake of consistency. But Jacqueline is what you can call me. So, so what's the K stand for? Um, that's my maiden name, Keggins. Oh, okay. So then. My name, my name is Jacqueline Keggins Shawless. No one's typing that correctly. <laughs> no one's doing that. So, um, so yes, I go professionally as Jacqueline Shawless. That could be the final word for a spelling bee, right? Right. <laughs> it absolutely could be. <laughs> It's like, okay, well, this is just ridiculous. Um, let me just go by JK. Let's let's make it easier for all parties involved. <laughs> so again, um, yeah, so let's start off with, um, we'll, we'll go with JK for the rest of the show. So JK, again, uh, thanks for coming on. And the reason why I brought you on is the conversation of introversion. There's a lot of people in the workplace that are more introverted and extroverted. And I wanted to have a conversation in terms of, the misconceptions of introversion uh, in terms of people who are introverted. The common misconception is that people who are introverted are quiet and shy. And again, based on what you're going to tell me, that might not actually be true. So we can dive deeper into that. And then really discussing how someone who's more introverted can succeed in an environment that tends to favor the extroverted. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so let's start from the foundation what is introversion and what are some misconceptions of what people think introversion is? Sure. Um, and I want to point out there's something that you touched on, and it's about um, people being more introverted or extroverted. Introversion and extroversion are not 
they're not singular. <laughs> you know, it's not you're either this or you're that. It's a spectrum. And so introversion is the term that's used for people who tend to process more stimulation and they process it internally. So an extrovert is someone who processes their world and makes sense of it externally. So for example, an introvert, like having this conversation, we're talking one-on-one, the way an introvert will process that stimulation is they hear what I'm saying. They hear me like making a comment or making a statement. They look at my body language. They're noticing like how I'm reacting. They're thinking about what response they need to have, what response not to say. They're looking at my wallpaper. They're wondering where they bought it. They're thinking about what else they might need to do. They're wondering how their response will be received. But they're processing all of these things simultaneously. So understandably, if you are in a space where you have lots of people that you are having conversations with and you're having this amount of sensory input, your energy is going to drain pretty quickly. <laughs> so for introverts, not only do we need that time to, um, to process internally, much of it is because we are taking everything in. So we need to be away from stimulation. That doesn't necessarily mean we need to be away from people or other things. We just need to be away from that sensory overload, if you will. Extroverts are on the opposite spectrum of that. They need to engage with their world in order to make sense of it. So whereas an introvert is taking in all of the verbal and nonverbal cues, processing how they should respond, thinking of everything else, extroverts need to speak out and talk through their processing. So they're going to talk to lots of people. They're going to have lots of engagement. They're going to have, you'll see their bodies are moving much more. They might have things that they're fidgeting with. They need to engage with their environment in order to process what's happening. So for an extrovert, they may say lots of things. They will be an endless stream of words, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that that's something that they necessarily believe or that they think or that they know that for sure. They're talking through the process of making sense of their world. And so it's important to note these two things and note that it's just how we process stimulation. That's the long and short of it. <laughs> so it's nothing to do with the demeanor in terms of like being shy or quiet. It's more about how you no. take stimulation. So that's the biggest misconception that I think a lot of people have. They think extroversion Absolutely. people are like people that are the life of the party and then introversion or introverted people are people that want to be left alone. They want to read a book at the library type of thing. Right. And those two things can be true, but that is not what makes someone introverted or extroverted. You can have shy extroverts. The process when someone is shy, it's the condition of wanting to engage with people, but feeling that you are not able to. So whether it's because you're you're afraid of what they're going to think of you, and so you hold yourself back, you're um you're you get sensory overload from being in that environment because you want to engage and you're not sure about it. And it's shy extroverts are, are just, they're very fascinating because they need to engage with other people to process their world, but simultaneously they are terrified of engaging with their world because they are on the shy, um, they have a shy, um, I, I don't want to say personality trait because it's not a personality trait, but the shyness is it's like antithetical <laughs> to extroversion. So you can have shy extroverts and 
Conversely, there are many introverts who are very forward-facing. Many of the um, celebrities that you see in entertainment and in politics, they are introverts. Beyonce is an introvert. Viola Davis is an introvert. Barack Obama is an introvert. Simon Sinek is an introvert. So these are people who are, their job is literally to be in the spotlight. (laughs) In business, in music, in acting, in politics. And yet they are simultaneously introverts. The process is that if you're an introvert, you need to know that the way that you process, you have to set yourself boundaries and you have to manage that energy because you are taking so much in, it depletes you very rapidly. It doesn't mean that you cannot be forward facing. It doesn't mean that you can't be front and center, that you're not the center of attention. It just means that might not be your preference because you have to go through all of these layers of stimulation while you're there. I'll use me as an example. And I do want you to share your story about introversion as well, because we talked offline, you're also an introvert yourself. Like for me, I prefer a more like intimate setting where I interact one-on-one or like with maybe three or four people at most. But then when I try to go to like parties or a huge group dinner, I, I get very like, I guess sensory overload and I tend to not talk as much because there's too much going on. So is that similar to like what you're saying? Absolutely. And I'll point out an interesting distinction because another misconception, people think that introverts don't talk. Oh my Lord, if you get an introvert started, it will be next week before they stop. Like we, we love talking, we love engaging. However, It is within a very small realm (laughs) that we do this. And again, it goes back to that processing of stimulation. So similar to what you were saying, if it's a smaller or intimate setting, you're having to go through this process of filtering stimulation for one person or maybe two or three people. Or these are people that you already have a relationship you already know. So there's less filtering that you need to do. You don't have to have that extra layer of, oh, should I say this? Should I not? How is this perceived? So on and so forth. You may think that, but that doesn't become another layer of stimulation. You already have that relationship. So that's one less layer to process through. Now, compare that to if you're doing like a dinner party. You may know everyone. However, you have a stronger relationship relationship with some people versus others. So again, this comes to those layers of stimulation where just because I don't want to talk to you doesn't mean that I don't like you. It doesn't mean that I have something against you. It just means my brain, I already spent half of my energy for the day thinking about what this experience socializing was going to be. Am I going to have enough energy? What's going to happen? Who's going to be there? What do I need to wear? What is going to happen there? What do I need instead? Can I just stay home? We're thinking about all of this long before we even show up for a social gathering. So then when we get there, (laughs) we've already used so much energy mentally processing all of these facets. And now we need to engage. So again, it's just that rapidly diminishing energy because of all of those layers that we're processing. It's not just about having face-to-face contact with someone. It's taking in all of this information, sifting through all of those layers simultaneously, and just having our energy depleted because we need space within ourselves to process what all is happening, to make sense, connect the dots, rationalize all of this. We need our time internally 
to process everything that's happening. So the question is, how can you tell someone's an introvert at a party? <laughs> it's a trick question. <laughs> they leave early or they disappear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, it's so funny because that is often like the telltale sign. The person who you invite all the time and they always say no, they're probably an introvert. (laughs) It's not that they don't want to engage, but again, they're going through all of this thinking and ruminating and processing before they even show up. So they may agree to show up to something, that flaky friend may agree to show up to something. And then the day of hours before they decide to back out of it. It's not that they're being a flake. It's that when you ask them, they were excited and they wanted to engage. And now their energy is so depleted that they simply cannot. There's not enough energy to even make themselves show up for it. Or worse, they'll show up, they'll say, hi, you see I'm here. Okay, bye. (laughs) Then they're out the door. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've done that. (laughs) But if they're with someone who they have that relationship with, or they're meeting someone to crack that relationship with, it provides a way for them to recharge. So even though we need our time away from stimulation to process what all is happening. If we are in, let's say, with like a party scenario, and there's someone that we meet that's like just really fascinating, that has interesting conversation, thinking through this kind of deep, multifaceted, multi-layered conversation allows us to have that processing that gives us more energy. So you'll see there will be an introvert who will have one person who they stick with, like for the whole party. <laughs> this is what's happening. They are being recharged by that by that interaction because it's giving them, rather than having another layer of stimulation to process and sift through, there's still that. However, there's this additional dimension where by thinking through critically and feeling through this conversation, their energy is also rising so that it balances out. So let's switch from the party conversation to the workplace setting. As we mentioned, you are an introvert yourself. So throughout your career in corporate America, what were some common obstacles and misconceptions you had to face in the workforce? Well, the the consistent notion is that because I'm a quiet or reserved person, because I'm not hanging out, somehow I would have less to offer. And that is a very common consideration and a very common misperception that people think, oh, if we're in a meeting and we're brainstorming and person X, let's say it's me, and I need an extra minute to process what's happening or to let my mind start thinking of ideas, it's not that I'm checked out. It's not that I don't know what's happening. It's not that I don't have anything to offer. It's that I literally need that extra time to process what I want to say, how I want to say it, what portion of this fits into what I want to share, how does that sharing then affect the rest of it? All of this is going through my mind for something as simple as brainstorming. And this is very common for introverts because that's how we function. So having this notion that someone who is more quiet or is more reserved or is not going to be the person to hang out, that misconception that they somehow have less to offer or 
conversely, they're great at their job. However, since I can't read your mind, I can't promote you or I can't bring you on. These are conversations that many introverted women of color are having, where they are being told that even though they're doing so well in their spaces and in their job responsibilities, because they don't spend extra time with their socializing for just no good reason, then that becomes a ding against them for finding out career opportunities, being put up for promotions, getting raises, et cetera. So having that mis- that misperception, those notions that introverts have less to offer, it adds another layer of intersectionality where this becomes, or at least could be, another barrier for an introvert to overcome. So the common misconception or the common, I say, false solution is introverted people trying to be more extroverted, but that's not the right approach to go about that, right? Right. There's nothing wrong with being an introvert. It's not something that needs to be fixed. It's not something to overcome. It's not something to put to the side. It is literally how the brain processes what's going on around them. So you can't put your brain aside. (laughs) You can't like swap out your brain for another brain. That's not possible. And even if it was, there's still nothing wrong with introversion. So what people tend to mean when they are speaking to introverts and they'll tell them to come out of their shell or to just be more extroverted, their intention is to say, you have some great ideas. You have something that's great to offer. We need to hear more of that. And you should be comfortable with sharing more of that. What's actually being said, though, is that the way that you show up is not sufficient and the way that you show up is not enough. There is a flaw with you and you need to change yourself in order to be less flawed. That's what's actually being communicated. That's often not the intention. So when you're telling an introvert, you just need to speak up more, or if you want to get ahead and be successful, you need to be an extrovert. That is false. We've seen numerous studies where introverts in relationship to leadership, for management, even within spaces of not having a management title, but simply being able to lead within a group's introverts win hands down every time because we are able to take our observation, our introspection, the fact that we are seeing all that's going on with everyone. We're connecting these dots that often get missed by extroverts. And so we can speak to situations, workplace dynamics, even with innovation in a way that is unique to us because of the way that we process, not despite it. Yeah. And to Add to that, like you correct me if I'm wrong, but people like Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs, they seem to be more on the introvert spectrum, right? Yes. And there was something that you asked before, like, like kind of as the joke, like, how do you how do you tell if someone's introverted? Yes, you can look for these potential signs. If someone is, um, they might be more quiet. They might be someone who needs extra time to process what's happening. They will likely not come to your social functions. Nothing against you, but they're not going to come. Don't stop asking them. Still invite them but they're not going to come. (laughs) These are some things that, okay, you can safely assume that this person probably is closer to introversion on that spectrum. However, if you're only looking at that 
And assuming that that makes them an introvert, you're going to miss a lot of introverts who are engaging when we have a particular focus or if we're energized, just like with this conversation, it can be very lively and dynamic and engaging. We love that. Introverts love that within a certain context. (laughs) We love that within certain parameters. So if you're trying to figure out who or who isn't introverted, a lot of times those telltale signs that I mentioned, but also noting the people who seem remarkably insightful, the people who are coming up with ideas that are able to connect dots in ways that you might not have, they're probably closer on that introversion spectrum. So if trying to be more extroverted is not the right approach for an introvert to get ahead in the corporate sphere. What are some strategies that you teach or you've done yourself in order for these introverts to thrive in the the corporate environment? It's really a matter of you, first of all, recognizing that there is nothing deficient about being an introvert, that that is actually a gift, and that with that gift comes certain privileges. So first, recognizing that. Now that you recognize and accept this, you need to actually lean into your introversion as opposed to trying to hide it or change it or do anything else. So finding, so there are three things that you can do. First is finding a place to shine, finding either an opportunity within your workspace or creating an opportunity in or outside of the workplace where you can give your skills, you can use your gifts, you can get expertise under your belt. For me, it started with me looking for opportunities within my workplace. I love speaking. <laughs> that That is like, I'm born to do this. Um, in my one of my previous jobs, I was a project manager. So I'm behind a computer talking to no one. These are completely opposites. <laughs> and so for me, in order to find that place to shine, I had to create opportunities. So I would approach my boss and say, hey, I want to do X thing. Um, there was one of the initiatives that I started was with the administrative staff and creating an event for them to be able to learn and kind of bond together so that the upper level uh, management would be better supported. This had nothing to do with my project management job. However, it was a way for me to use my innate skills and use that as a bridge for building credit, if you will, within my workplace for not only taking initiative, but being able to create results that benefited my workplace, not just my initial or my immediate department, but this ended up affecting a whole swath of um, the company. So creating your opportunities is one. The second thing you need to recognize who you are trying to be, if you are trying to be someone else, you will eventually fail at it. Because as introverts, because we are taking so much in and we're processing so much already, us trying to be someone else and also ourselves because of the way our brain works, it's going to leach into other areas of your life. So you might be the person who puts on being an extrovert, but you may notice that your self-esteem takes a blow, you're, you're starting to get mental fog, your body starts to feel like just icky and out of sorts. These are ways that your body is letting you know that you're out of alignment. So recognize who are you trying to be. Be yourself, even if yourself is introverted. There are ways that are more effective to communicate, but don't pretend to be someone else in order to get your point across. And really the last thing is recognizing where your values are are and 
working in a way that aligns to those values. So if it's a value for you to be authentic, then you need to craft ways to be authentic and call yourself out when you are not being authentic. Because that's another, that's that's a whole other conversation around that. But when you are clear on what is valuable to you and what is most beneficial to you, it helps you to, like I mentioned before, with creating and finding those opportunities, using those values as your North Star to guide you, where do you go for this? Maybe there's something outside of the workplace that you can do to build those skills, build those opportunities, and then share that information with your manager or even your team. Bring those lessons into the workplace. So now you are adding value while still honoring your introversion. Yeah, one of the interview questions I dislike is what's your greatest weakness because it shows that you have to constantly improve on your weaknesses no one focuses on the strengths and then leaning towards your strengths so the misconception again is that a lot of these like managers or higher-ups want these introverts to be more extroverted but that's not actually the right approach because again when we're not being authentic it's going to be hard and it gets tiring to be someone you're not so that's why being authentic is the key to success however you should lean into your introversion and build upon that to get to where you want to go because it's a lot easier to be yourself than try to be someone you're not and do that over the long term. Absolutely. And there is so much value in being an introvert. Having this way of processing and operating in the world, it's a gift. It truly is a gift. Your ability to be able to observe everything that's happening. Introverts are, a number of introverts are very empathic. Not all of them are empathic, um, but some are quite empathic. And part of that is just their innate gifts. But the other part of that is because we are so observant and because we are taking in everything. So we don't necessarily need to know that Joe is having trouble. We can tell that Joe is having trouble because we can see it in the body language. We can see in how Joe is operating. And not only that, because of that empathetic side, we can then speak to that. So maybe Joe is feeling off because there's something happening at home. Or maybe Joe is feeling off because Joe feels stuck. Well, these are places that either we can provide some relief because we can pick up on those things, or conversely, we can help Joe to create those opportunities and those places to shine. So if Joe is feeling, if Joe is off because he's feeling stuck, and you'll know with this conversation or even with what you're noticing, This is a great time for you to then tap Joe and say, hey, Joe, I'm working on this. I think you could be a benefit or even having conversations with other colleagues or with your managers to say, Joe is really great at X. He should be on this. You know, these kinds of conversations and observations we are able to give looking at the nuanced nature of a topic or a problem. So many spaces for innovation from introverts because we see what is being said. We see what's not being said. We're processing through all of these possible scenarios of anything in this. Do I want white bread or wheat bread? We're thinking about the ramifications of (laughs) choosing one or the other. Um, So within the workplace, when you're looking at the solutions that you're bringing, big or small, internal or external, an introvert is going to look at that problem, is going to look at all of the layers of how this could work or not, who could benefit or not, how can we make this better, what needs to be scaled down, and that type of multifaceted approach allows there to be a deeper transformation, whether it's a product or a service that we're offering. So 
you know the saying, your network is your net worth, right? So what are some strategies that you can provide now in terms of how an introvert could build relationships that can grow their career? This is a fantastic, fantastic thing because there, especially with the pandemic, there's been all of this. Let me get on my soapbox momentarily. Everyone thinks because you're at home, like now suddenly you're an introvert. Like, oh, I love being at home. I'm an introvert now. No, your commute was sucky. <laughs> that's that's all that's different. You don't have your commute. You can work on your own schedule. That has nothing to do with introversion. So I'm off my soapbox on that. Um, <laughs> but as far as building those networks, especially in remote or even hybrid workspaces, you first of all need to notice that you need some type of social engagement. What has been a real problem for introverts during this pandemic? Most people just assume introverts will be great. They've actually fared less well from a mental health standpoint because we don't have those networks in place that those supports that we can lean on. We don't have a ton of friends that we're going to be able to call up and shoot the breeze. Most of us don't like talking on the phone and we have a very small circle anyway. So when it comes to the workplace, first of all, recognizing that you need a social network, even if it's just a couple of people that you can reach out to, and then being willing to reach out to those people, you don't have to call them every day. You don't have to email them all the time, but because you have to manage your energy, you should be strategic about the people that you are bringing into your circle. So if you have aspirations for advancing your career, not knocking anyone else, but if you know you only have this much energy to give and you have this much room for someone to socialize with, make sure someone who is in there is going to help build you and promote you up in your social network. So connecting with people who are on the path that you're wanting to go, finding people that are way ahead of you, who could be a mentor, or even finding people who are in the same place as you, or even just a step behind you that you can help support and bring up. These are different aspects of networking, which again, that's a whole other conversation, but having these different layers of social support allows us introverts to one, stay connected and get that social interaction that we do need as humans, but also to do so in a way that when we do need to engage with those people, it is not a drain. It is not a depletion. It is a relationship that can add value to us from our energy standpoint in the moment, as well as much longer term in our career and our personal development. So if an introvert is listening to this podcast right now, and they've been told all the common strategies that from what you discussed, you should not be doing as in be more extroverted. What do you want them to do within the next like month or so to like change up their game? First of all, recognize that there is value. That That is, it all comes down to that recognition because no matter what tips and techniques, if you don't have the mindset of thinking, okay, my introversion is a positive as opposed to the negative that is perceived as, you won't take action. <laughs> you won't do anything because you're coming from the space of, yeah, that sounds good, but ah, I'm an introvert. So, uh. <laughs> so that mindset piece is first and foremost, your introversion is a gift and you need to put it into motion. That's first. The next thing that needs to happen is now that you know this, where is a space that you can build and really um, expand not only your skill set, 
but your social network as you're building those skills. So this may be you going onto Facebook and finding a Facebook group of fellow introverts or someone who's, you don't have to keep it within the professional space for it to have value to the workplace. One of the best things that I did was to join a Toastmasters group. I've been speaking publicly since like I was in single digits, but I joined that group from the social aspect of it. So creating that community had nothing to do with my project management work, but the lessons that I learned in those engagements, I could bring into the workplace to add value. So you want to find for introverts, find a space that you can connect with people who have similar interests or they're on a similar work path and create those connections. You only need one or two people. You will have to call or text them every now and again. You'll need to email them. You'll need to actually like do that part. But as you're building up that relationship, it goes from being an energy depletion to an energy recharger. So that as it might start off feeling awkward and weird and all of this, but just continue on with it because after you get past that part, you reach that threshold where the balance goes into this feels good. This is amazing. I'm getting benefit for this. Let me now share the benefit that I'm getting from this into my workplace or bring those workplace benefits into my personal life because, oh my gosh, we have to do both. (laughs) We have a work life and a personal life and this one person, we don't just split off into something else. No, we don't. We're all one person with these different experiences. So those are, are really the two primary things in this next 30 days. Accepting the fact that your introversion is a gift and then creating and finding those spaces for engagement and skill building. So for someone who's an introvert that's been in their job for a few years and they feel stuck because they think the introversion is holding them back, how would you want them to go about Do you think that it's better to start fresh somewhere else or is there a way to do a 180 and pivot their career in the same company with what they've learned in this episode? They absolutely can stay within their same even position and have that transformation where they're able to lean into it more. Sometimes you just like just throw the whole thing away. And that's to me, that is more of a last resort. If you are in a space where it's a toxic environment for you, so no matter what you do, you're going to be the odd one out. You're going to be the one who's constantly subject to commentary about how you show up or God forbid you actually share something. And then there is consistently a pattern of people piggybacking and taking what you're saying and taking credit for like all of this kind of toxic dynamic. If it's a toxic dynamic, then yes, look for something somewhere else. That's like a last resort. The very first step when you're wanting to, if you're wanting to show up and lean into that introversion more is having a conversation with those around you. So having a conversation with your manager, having a conversation with a coworker, having a conversation with a decision maker and say, these are the skills that I want to bring more of. How can I do this? Here are some of my ideas of how I can do this. How does this fit into what you're already doing? Having that conversation where you're not just talking about you wanting to bring in and lean into your introversion more, but rather looking at it from my introversion within this space lets me know that I could do more within a leadership or management position. So how do I 
then craft that path from where I am now to being with a supervisor or being in a supervisory or managerial role. That's the conversation that you're having, not about your introversion, but about how this aspect in these skills are going to help support advancing what are already the goals within the workplace. Now, a lot of managers will be happy to have that conversation because you're going to make them look good. You're going to help them like hit those results. But there are some, <laughs> there are some managers, they will be so off put by that and threatened by it. So you also need to be mindful of what your dynamics are with your managers or even your coworkers. And in situations like this, where it could be an adverse effect because of those dynamics, rather than having that conversation with like an immediate supervisor or manager, having those, those conversations with a different decision maker. So that might be someone else who's in a different department that is akin to what you're doing. Even with someone with HR and saying, this is the path that I want to take. These are my skills. This is where I want to be. How can I use my skills to advance mm -hmm. what you're doing mm -hmm. and also get me closer mm -hmm. to that goal? So that's the starting point. And from that conversation, then you can begin putting together a strategy and laying out the laying out what needs to happen. So that might mean that you are taking on more responsibility. You have the job that you're doing now, plus this unpaid extra stuff, but it's taking you closer to your goal. Maybe it means you taking things off of your plate and swapping them out for something else. The different versions of that and the different ways that you are able to have that conversation that's going to vary depending on the dynamics of your workplace. Great. And for someone that's an individual contributor, that's an introvert, and they're worried about being a manager because that means you have to manage like multiple people. Like what's your advice on that in terms of like, they, they want the manager job, but they're just worried that all this additional stimulus that they have to process, like they get all worked up. So they're not sure if they're ready. So what, what's your advice on that? So be clear on what you want before you have this conversation at all. I mean, you can advance your career and not necessarily need to go into a managerial role. There are other ways that you can advance your career. Maybe you are making a lateral move. Maybe you are taking you're taking the position that you have and you're going deeper in that without bringing people under you. So be mindful that there are there are multiple ways to advance your career when you're having these conversations. But let's say your goal you actually do want to manage and you do want to lead. However, you're terrified because you know, people. So <laughs> one of the ways that you can manage that and really, really shift that energy is the bulk of what someone is doing as a leader is being able to give the people that they are leading the support and the resources and the know-how to do their job effectively and to high quality. That's like the bread and butter of an introvert. <laughs> like that's, that, that is what we do. Like that's, we wake up and that's what we do. So recognizing that rather than thinking of it as necessarily being more engagement, more things that you need to do, look at it from literally what, what is actually the job which is having those people that report to you get the things that they need to do their position well. So when you're looking at it from that perspective, yes, you'll need to have conversations with people, but aren't you already having conversations? It doesn't need to be a longer conversation. By leaning into that introversion, you're going to be able to leverage and really use those observations that you've already made, these different spaces that you already had. You're creating a new way for people to and 
potentially a more effective way for all parties to be able to contribute their part to the team so that we all meet the goal more effectively and more efficiently. So shifting that mindset around what a leader is and what a leader does, I'm hesitant to say this, but I'll just call it like I see it. One of the downsides of the leadership style of many extroverts is because, again, they process by engaging their world and needing to kind of have things around them in order for them to make sense of it. The downside of that is that so much of the focus on managing becomes about the manager as opposed the team. And it creates a dynamic where rather than the manager being able to give people what they need to do the job, it becomes, I'm so great because we accomplished X, Y, and Z. And why aren't you doing your thing? Because I need to look great. That's not necessarily the best way to do things, but also it's not necessarily the way that leadership has to happen. It's just the way leadership has often been done. But when you look at many uh, management grades, you think about like Peter Drucker, even again, Simon Sinek, you're looking at these different people and they're even Jack Welsh. They time and time again, point out the quintessential introversion aspects of management, which is making sure your people are taken care of. If you take care of your people, they will take care of you. If you are giving them what they need to do for their job and then supporting them in doing their job, it's not that you don't have to do anything, but there is a lot less that you need to do because the people are able to shine in the spaces that they're in. And your job is to bring all of those shiny pieces together. So we talked about this offline that people that are introverts that have the biggest obstacles is women of color. So can you elaborate more on why this is true? Absolutely. It's very interesting. And it's something that honestly has not been delved into and explored. That's part of my work. Looking at this added layer of intersectionality. So we have lots of documented um, statistics and, and studies and all of it about the effects of gender and of race in the workplace. We know that women are paid Depending on what race you are, you're paid a little less than men or a whole lot less than men. Even within looking at the racial considerations, if you are a Black woman of color, you will typically earn higher (laughs) on the scale. It's usually for women who are earning less than men. Asian women, Black women, Latinx women, Indigenous women, as far as how far you depart the premises of pay equality. Now, when you add to it, this introversion, like I mentioned, people will have these misconceptions about what an introvert is. And so they will discount you before you've even had an opportunity to prove your worth or not. So if you are someone who is more quiet, managers will often assume you're checked out, you're not going to be able to lead. However, we know that that's not true. When it comes to women of color being introverted and especially introverted women within the workplace, this turns out to be a huge deficit as far as finances. One of the stats that we know that kind of scratches the surface on this, we know that over the course of her career, the average Black woman will earn about half a million dollars less than her white female counterpart. So that's $500,000 that could have gone to college education, could have gone to retirement, could have gone to home ownership, could have gone for advancing her own education that is simply not there. Now, when you add to it these notions where in conversations where women have had where you're doing all of the things that you're supposed to within your job, however, 
you don't come hang out with us, so I can't promote you. Or you're doing great. We couldn't do it without you. You're the best thing that happened to this department. But I don't know what you're thinking. So therefore, I can't put you up for, I can't tell you about opportunities. I can't offer you a raise. So this becomes almost a hidden barrier where already at a deficit, now we're looking at an even greater deficit. And so part of my work is to not only quantify those experiences, because I've had conversations with dozens of women, and it's the same story where within their workplace, they are doing what their what their job entitles them to. They are doing it at a high level. However, they are being told that they cannot advance or they're not being told about opportunities because of their introversion. And so shifting what people think of introverts is like phase one <laughs> of the plan to help level the playing field for introverted women of color. <laughs> And you're leading that crusade, right? Because again, there's a lot Absolutely. of misconception about introversion for the past like decades, right? So it's yes. good that you and other career coaches or experts that focus on introversion are trying to change that narrative. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people are familiar. If, if they're not familiar, a great resource to check out is Susan Kane. She did a TED Talk about the power of introverts. And it's been almost 10 years now that she did this. It has like 29 million views or something ridiculous. She wrote a book called Quiet. She delves into some of these same themes. So that's a great resource if you're wanting to learn more about introversion from more of the statistical side of things. The, the cat caveat to that, and part of my work and where it fits into this, is that that layer of intersectionality is often missed. And it has not been studied. It has not been looked at. It has not been quantified. And so the stories that we hear from women, and there, if you go online, there's thousands, tens of thousands of women who are sharing stories where their careers are being impeded because of their introversion, not because they're not showing up, but because the decision makers have notions about what an introvert is or could be, and they place that story upon these introverted women of color. And so now this becomes another thing to have to sift through, sort through, and fight against when there's really no basis for it. So it's it's definitely fun work. <laughs> I'd say very tongue-in-cheek <laughs> because these misperceptions about introversion, they're annoying as an introvert. They're annoying. And they come across as microaggressions for sure. But the fact that generations can be negatively affected because of someone's notion of an introvert because someone is attaching a story about the quality or uh, characteristics of a person because they are quiet, because they are reserved, because they're not hanging out, that affects them, it affects their children, it affects their communities, that shouldn't be the case. And that's a great segue to my final question for you for this episode. So again, my podcast is about helping professionals overcome career challenges. So as someone who is an introvert and a woman of color, what was one of the biggest roadblocks or career challenges that you have faced? And what steps did you take to overcome it to get to where you are today? I shared a bit of this, but really it was being able to have those opportunities. It was within my, my project management position. There was no expectation <laughs> that I would, I would be doing anything that's forward facing. So even when I asked about those opportunities and even when it's like, oh, hey, I can, I can speak to that. I can do something with that. Like, 
Mm. <laughs> You're, you hardly ever talk. What are you going to do? And so for me, I had to create those opportunities for myself. So one of the ways that I did that, as I mentioned earlier, was joining a Toastmasters group. I didn't need to join Toastmasters to be comfortable with speaking or leading. I had that experience. I've, I've been doing this for a very long time, but I needed to have an outlet for those skills and then be able to bring those lessons into my workplace as proof, if you will, that not only am I doing this work, but it's possible for me to do this and so much more within my workplace. And so this outward opportunity then created opportunities within my workplace to be able to advance. So then that's where I'm able to put together um, like events for um, administrators. I'm able to put in, um, implement different techniques for communication. It led to me being promoted to oversee communication management. It led to a career now as an entrepreneur, as a speaker and author. But all of that came from me needing to find a place where I could use my skills as an introvert and then taking those lessons and applying them to my workplace. Great. And we'll end it off there. Again, JK, really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing about the misconceptions of introversion and some strategies that introverts listening to this episode can utilize immediately to help them become more of their authentic self and excel in their career in corporate America. So how can people connect with you and find more about you to learn more about what you do and the services that you can provide to help introverts get to the next level? Well, you can always find me at IEmbraceAwesome.com. There you'll find resources, you'll find some tips on introversion, and definitely learn more about the work that I do. So IEmbraceAwesome.com is the best place to go. And you can always find me on the, uh, in the social verse, as I call it, at JKShawless.com. All right, JK, again, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you again to Jacqueline for sharing her time in order to provide her insights and strategies on how you can excel in your career as an introvert. I always say it's not about changing who you are to get to where you want to be. It's about being yourself and focusing on the strengths and value that you can provide in order to excel in your career. As someone that leans more towards the introversion spectrum myself, I definitely relate to this topic. And if you want to hear my own insights on introversion and how I have been able to build the career I have today as an introvert, make sure to check out ChanCap this upcoming Friday and it will be available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Again, this is Chan with A Plan The Podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.